Hello, and welcome to Speak Your Truth Podcast, the only podcast dissecting the intersection of mental health and sports. Since beginning the show, I've had NFL and WNBA players, as well as MLB and NBA mental skills coaches as guests. By creating Speak Your Truth, I'm making an effort to get successful people, specifically athletes, to share their journeys of mental health, failures, obstacles, and breakthroughs. It's important to speak our truths and help others along the way. Thank you for being here. Speak your truth. What's up? So today's guest is Isaiah Lamb. He's a current professional basketball player, former Division I basketball player, and a business owner. Isaiah comes on Speak Your Truth today to tell us his story about being homeless while being a student athlete. He was on the cover of a 2014 edition of Sports Illustrated, which detailed his story as well as other athletes living like him. It's amazing how he was able to continue uh, just stay focused throughout his career and also be the man that he is today. Uh, I don't know Isaiah personally, but I am very proud of him and very grateful that he agreed to come on the show and to share his story with us. I hope you all are as grateful as I am and learn something as well. Thank you all for joining me as usual. I appreciate you all. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you. Speak your truth. Thank you for joining us today. I'm super appreciative of you all as always. Today we have with us Isaiah Lamb. He is a professional basketball player. He played D1 in college at Marist. He is also a certified personal trainer and a business owner. He's going to share his story with us today, and hopefully we all learn something. That You know, that's always the goal for us to uh, tune in to our mental health and our wellness. And I know Isaiah is one of the perfect people to, uh, to do that for us by sharing his story. Isaiah, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. You know, just trying to stay, stay safe during this um, health crisis, and I hope you all are doing the same. Yes. Where are you at during this time? Uh, currently, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. Um, back home, yeah. Good. At least you at home, man, and not overseas. Right, man. I'm I'm just so glad I got the chance to get out of there before <laughs> you know uh, they they stop letting people in the country and all this other crazy stuff. So For yeah, I'm glad glad I got the chance to get home. Definitely, man. It's uh, I know it's tough for those people who are still stuck over there. So yeah, I'm definitely glad you're back oh, yeah. over here with us. It's tough over here too. I went outside last night to go to the store, and like I took maybe three or four steps, and my phone went off and basically said they know I'm outside. I'm putting myself, my family, and elderly at risk. And the um, Chicago Police Department can and will pull over and ask me what I'm doing, where I'm going, they have the right to do that. So I was like, first of all, what kind of technology y'all got to, like, know that I'm moving? Like, what's going on? But this stuff is serious. Nah, for real. It's real weird. It's real weird, but okay. definitely. Yeah. All right, you ready to get uh-huh. into it, man? Yeah, I'm ready. Right, let's do it. Isaiah, I'm going to get right into it, man. Talk to us about your childhood. What it was like growing up in homelessness with your family, I mean, you were a kid and a student and an athlete. So, that, I mean, that was obviously very challenging. Can you open up to us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Uh, growing up was obviously uh, tough. If you um seen the 2015 Sports Illustrated issue, uh, if you're not aware of it, uh, I was going to cover the uh, homeless athletes uh, issue. And uh, it was tough, but... Um, 
I'm gonna, I'll just tell y'all a couple things that uh, was not mentioned uh, during the article. Uh, for example, um, I tore both of my ACLs, one in the ninth grade and in one senior year. Man. And that, that's what something that I didn't really mention during the article, but that was also another um, huge uh, moment in my life because I was obviously going through that while also not being stable in a home. And... Um, I had all all kinds of obstacles. At one point, I was uh, addicted to Percocets because I was using them without knowing how much to use and um, not really being around uh, the right people to monitor me. Exactly. So I was just using them. And uh, when I had to stop using them, I, I was having withdrawals. I had, like, flu symptoms, feeling real bad. I didn't really know why. And comes to find out that um, my body was getting used to the Percocet. Wow. And, yeah, so I was going through that. As well as um, my senior year of high school, uh, the my second ACL reconstruction, um, I went through a bit of depression. I uh, never felt depression before, even though I was going through a whole bunch of stuff in my life. Um, but that senior year was a really critical year. I wanted to play college ball. One that I had all these dreams. I was actually playing really good basketball at the time. I had um, 20 plus uh, offers for colleges. Uh, the Sports Illustrated came out, so my name was buzzing. And then, bam, just like that, it was all taken away from me. Wow. I tore my ACL, lost all offers but two. And I just felt like, like, why? Like, <laughs> Like, why would God do this to me, mm -hmm. basically? And I was just, you know, really going through it. And that was the first time I actually really felt sad because um, I am really fortunate to have my parents. A lot of people don't have their parents, mm -hmm. particularly their mom and their dad. So I had them a long way through everything. So I think that's why I never really felt depression or anxiety in that state. But when I got injured and lost the one thing that I love and been doing my whole life and the only thing that I go to whenever I am feeling sad or hungry is play basketball. And now I can't even do that. Mm. That was a hard, real part, real um, wake up for me. And, um, but I always believe that everything happens for a reason. So, but during that time, I started to notice that basketball can be taken from you just like that. Yes. And, it's not something that you can rely on all the time. So I think that's where my business aspect really started to get into my mind and thinking about how can I make it other than going to the NBA or playing pro. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's um, pretty much where I um, got the aspects of being a business owner and wanting to own my own and do more than just play sports. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was tough growing up pretty much. Yeah, man. So you, when you said like, right when you said you asked God why this is happening to you, I was going to ask you, why do you think you had such a man, a life <laughs> to, to say the least? <laughs> why do you think that your uh, life, your story has had to be so challenging? 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I ask myself that every day, pretty much. Because um, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't all sweet and good now. Um, you know, I'm uh, still, still trying to make it, you know, still mm-hmm. trying to um, prove to myself that I can make it. Um, but I don't know. I, I honestly, I've always been a type person to look at the good side of things. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying that I'm going through this, all this now. But the future for me gotta be something crazy good. Like yes. <laughs> I gotta like hit the lotto in life in a few years. So I'm just you know banking on that, and um, and really just trying to get there. You know, it's driving me forward because I just want to change the whole trajectory of my of my my life and people after me. Like you know, for, sure. for generations, for and sure. because I don't want anyone to go through what I've been through. Not saying that my situation was the worst because it was not. Mm-hmm. Like, it is not. Everyone has their own story. But I wouldn't wish what I've been through and going through anyone. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know why it's happening. I, I think that it's all teaching me a lesson to, in the future, I know how to handle certain situations, especially me being in business. Mm-hmm. Um, but have a fallback. I won't be a type of person to crumble and and just give up because of what I've been through and got through in the past. So I don't know. I, I think it all happens for a reason. It's helping me for things in the future. For sure. As long as you always seek that deeper meaning, you'll find it. And I think all the reasons that you said are very valid reasons and only you know. Um, obviously, only you and God knows. Um, right. Because we wouldn't know nothing without him. So... Uh, but yeah, I definitely agree. Cause I, I've asked myself that, like, why do I go through this? Why haven't I received this yet? Why is this happening? But like you said, first of all, everything happens for a reason. And once you really accept that part, you'll start to seek, like, why am I going through this? And what happened for me was I was able to connect what I was going through in this present, you know, moment to my past. So I still struggle with depression because I was an athlete my whole life and I didn't do shit else. So that's all I knew was basketball. Once I stopped playing basketball, I was like, okay, yeah, I know I want to do this. I don't know how to do this. There was nobody immediately to help me like there was with basketball. So it was like, okay, like there is no more, no more uh, Samari Walker. I didn't know who that was anymore because it was always Samari Walker, the basketball player. Um, and now when I look at, yeah. So now when I look at myself, like I was watching one of my, uh, videos this morning, uh, Instagram videos. And I was like, man, like, I don't even look at myself as the basketball player or the athlete anymore. Like I'm so far from that. And it's only been, I think two years now. And that's like, that sent me on a downward spiral was that, uh, that break from like retirement literally until maybe a couple months ago. Um, when I really had to like stop calling myself an athlete or like saying we when I was talking about, you know, college athletes or pro athletes, because I'm not one anymore. But that's really hard to accept. So I can definitely understand everything that you said. Um, the depression, the um, addiction, all of that I can definitely relate to that. And I know so many others can. And that's why I started this podcast. And I'm very thankful that you uh, f- were able to be vulnerable with us. So thank you for that, for being so open. Um, and I encourage you to just, oh, yeah. Keep, yeah, just keep searching for that deeper meaning and you're already on the right track. I love what you said about like basketball isn't going to last forever. And uh-huh. can you speak 
to the younger people, especially um, younger men, about about that like why it's important to do things even women too because I struggle with it like I said like why it's important to do things outside of basketball especially like once you get to your college and professional years right um I actually speak about this um now I do a little um motivational speaking you know not nothing big but just just on my old high school nice I even spoke in my um little um, my old middle school doing graduation and that, that I was talking about like <laughs> basketball and sports is not going to last forever mm-hmm. like and it's so hard to understand that when you're younger because all you really can think about is the now and the near future maybe but it, it doesn't matter how nice you are like all that like if it's not meant to be or if God have another path for you then it's just not going to be you know, and um, you have to be ready for that. Yes. And it's, it's such a small percentage of people who actually go to the NBA or NFL. And it's just realistic. Like, um, not everyone's going to go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so, it's it's tough for some people to hear that because even when I was younger, I was just so committed to, oh, I'm going to the NBA. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it's, it's no thought about it. Like, that's the only way. And, I mean, I guess that's a good way to think about it if you really want to go. You know, you can't mm-hmm. half-ass half it, you know, exactly. if you want to go to the league. But but same, at the same time, you got to think, like, okay, what's my plan B? Or, mm-hmm. like, what, what, or even, like, what can I do on the side? Because that side thing that you're doing can turn into something after basketball because mm-hmm. you've been doing it for a while. Uh, for example, for me personally, um, my side thing was kind of fitness. Uh, I like working out, and uh, what's different for me is I'm not the type of person who's a gym rat, meaning I have to go to the gym to work out and get big. I work out. I specialize in home workout, calisthenics, body nice. weight workouts, basically at home or anywhere at the beach with no equipment because that's all I had when I was younger or mm-hmm. growing up I didn't have membership to a gym or anything so I work out at home yes. and I specialize in that and and look what it is now now nowadays everyone needs to work out at home exactly <laughs> so. yeah, I was gonna say send me some please definitely send me some because I keep saying I have For like sure. a couple apps and then I have not clicked it one time so maybe if you send them I'll do it <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I got um, I got a YouTube channel that okay. you can check out. I'll send you over some some stuff that you can do daily, or you know, every once in a while. That'll definitely help. Perfect. But, um, Thank you. For sure. <laughs> yeah, the uh, YouTube channel is at Fit Like Lamb for anyone else who wants to get in shape too. But yes. um, but yeah, um, back on topic. Yeah, it's it's not gonna last forever. So mm-hmm. it's good to find a hobby or something else that you can do besides basketball um, because it's going to come to an end at one point. Very true. And you don't want to be like me. I'm 27, which it's okay. It is okay. Uh But I'm 27 and like I've had to like go through so many different things, uh, so many different jobs, friendships, relationships to like figure out, okay, what do I want? What you want to do. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that because – I mean, me being me and just being such a free-spirited person anyway, 
um, it was very it was very easy for me to just float around and travel and move and everything like that. Like that's how I learned, um, especially when I left from Ohio to go all the way to Connecticut to school. And even though Kentucky was closer, it was still away from home. And then after that, I was gone for like four years straight overseas. So I was rarely ever at home. So now it's really hard for me to just be still. I love to move around and all of that. Um, but yeah, I, it would have been nice to have some sort of uh, mentorship and guidance growing up. And instead of my parents just being typical black parents, hey, do this, hey, do that. Um, you have to do this and do that and not showing me how to do things or putting the right people in my life to help me with that. It, I, I struggled more and I didn't know to go um, ask people for help. So by the time I realized, okay, I need help, I wasn't, I was very uncomfortable asking people for help. So I never did it before, never had to do it. So um, that's definitely a piece of advice. Also, always ask for help, even if you feel or think you look stupid. Because there's a lot of people out here who want to help and that can help you and you need help. You can't do anything on your own as much as you want to or try. So that's... Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Definitely. Um, Definitely been, don't be scared to uh, ask for help. You know, yes. that's, that's something that I think that I caught to a little early because um, I was never the, the smartest kid in class, mm-hmm. but I was always stay after class and ask the teacher, can you help me with this? Or... Just, just showing the teacher that I, that I want to try, and that took me a long way, you know. But because I was also feeling this way, too, after graduation, like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, basketball is over. I'm not going to the NBA. Like, um, since you're playing Division One basketball, you can't really do internships like, exactly. regular, like regular students. You can't... Um, do a little mentoring, um, extra classes, and and just do the stuff that um, other students can do, like during the summer or during the off season, because you might have camps or workouts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, now I was definitely, I was definitely feeling feeling that because we miss out a lot on like uh, the job opportunities or other opportunities other than basketball when that you're is uh, so true. So true. And that's, I coached uh, D3 for a little bit. And although on the basketball side, I absolutely hated it because it was so much slower and they didn't like, it was just, uh, I couldn't take it. But on the school side, I was like, man, like I, even though I didn't like going to class, I wish that like, it was just that people cared that much. Like we're more hands-on. Like we had study hall, we had tutors and all of that, but like, Half the tutors just basically tell you what the answer is because they don't want to be there either, or they're really young, right. so they don't like. They just want to make sure you like them and they want to be cool. Like it, it just wasn't all that helpful uh, unless you were. And I was the opposite of you in the sense I still wasn't really the smartest kid in class, but I definitely didn't stay after class and go ask for help. I always, after, right. in my mind, always had stuff to do. I didn't have nothing to do. I just didn't want to stay after class. Um, so it translated, you know, into college, same thing. I struggled because I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to put the time in when I was in study hall, I was texting whoever I was dating or was on Facebook or whatever, didn't give a shit. And once I got as an adult, it has taken so long for me to motivate myself to work hard, to sit in front of the computer or sit here and write down my goals and, um, you know, really get a hang of this social media stuff. Like when I was in uh, just the 
you know, college student or an athlete, I would use social media for fun. Now this can make me money. So learning how to do that. Yeah, you know, learning new skills. I'm trying to study to be a personal trainer. So I'm doing all this different stuff. And it's like, it's, uh, it's just, I'll say this. I'm just glad that I got to this point. Um, and it doesn't matter when you get there or how you get there just get there um and i was uh, always afraid to ask for help afraid to be different afraid to try new things but if you can get that out the way when you are in middle school high school college your adult life will be a breeze because you'll already have that routine that i struggled to get into or already kind of have a sense of who you are so however you have to get there that's your journey that is your story um that's what makes us all different and unique so so yeah Man, I asked you only like two questions, man. We've been talking for what? Twenty minutes. Man, we can go here all day. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here, here's a, but keep speaking your truth. Do not stop. Next question. All right. Can you reflect on the mental and emotional struggles you faced during that time? And if any of these still affect you today? Uh, can you repeat that one more time, please? Yeah. Can you reflect on the mental and emotional struggles you faced during your childhood or even during your ACL tears? And if any of those uh, struggles still affect you today? Um, uh, Which you well, pretty just, much just did, reflecting. yeah. Yeah, um, just, uh, I don't think any of them um, still put me through any struggle today. Because um, I always just try to look at the, like, I even have a tattoo on me. Um, it says, I'm thankful for my struggle. It made me into the man I am today. Mm-hmm. So I look at everything I've been through as it helped me, you know. Um, it may not have been the ideal situation, but I think I'm mentally stronger than anyone, like, I, I can ever meet. Because I think what I've been through is tough. Mm-hmm. And I hear some people's situations. I went to a, a private college, predominantly white school, and I hear some people who is dealing with situations. And to me, my initial reaction is like, like what? Like mm-hmm. that's nothing. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just think of it differently because of what I've been through. I think I'm a little more mentally stronger than some people. Exactly. You know. Um, so I don't really think that it hinders me or affects me today, but looking back on it, I definitely uh, been through some mental struggles with, you know, like I mentioned earlier, earlier the depression mm-hmm. and, um, you know, physically as far as, you know, missing meals and stuff like that. And I have to make sacrifices as far as, um, like, I didn't have a normal high school uh, career, people mm-hmm. would say, like, far as, I don't know, going out. And I didn't really get the chance to really do things until I got away to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no one actually knew that until the Sports Illustrated came out. Wow. But um, because I, um, I had older brothers, I always wore their clothes, so I never really looked like I was homeless mm-hmm. or going through anything. And um, I had coaches that would let me stay at their house and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, that's um, that's pretty much all for how I felt. Did you know 
what was going on or was that just like life to you? <laughs> it's funny because people never understand when I say that was just the way of living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't find out that I was poor or or not living right until I went into my senior year of high school and me going to college mm-hmm. because I transferred to another predominantly white school junior and senior year of high school and that was like eye opening. <laughs> people living in houses, um, people had the newest iPhone, people had laptops, iPads, bringing them to class and I didn't even know, I always went to the library to use a, use a computer yep. <laughs> and I didn't even know people had their own computers. Really. <laughs> um, I, caught, I caught the bus to go to school. Um, when I transferred, I had to catch uh, the bus to the subway to the light rail to another bus. I had to get up at four in the morning, wow. <laughs> and people was driving to school. Like I didn't get my license until junior year of college. Like everything was just so late for me because mm-hmm. I didn't really know what was the norm, really. But um, yeah, it was real eye opening. College, especially, you know, people. I actually met a billionaire, one of my good friends. He's a billionaire. Oh, wow. Like, his parents are a billionaire. His parents owns two professional soccer teams. Oh, my like, god! <laughs> yeah, he um, he's literally going to school and for no reason. Like, sometimes he shows up, other times he don't. That's why. And I just wonder, like, how he think of life. Like <laughs> Exactly. Like, I'm sure his perspectives of things is, so different in how I think of things. Oh, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he's yeah. not black either. So, of course, no, his way like, of thinking like, is... <laughs> exactly. He thinks yeah. different for all kinds of reasons already. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I think he's from Indonesia. Okay, I okay. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's something else. That's what's up, though. At least you have that contact, though, because that means you can be the next one. So... That's all yeah, yeah, hopefully. That's what's up, man. I definitely, I can definitely feel you, because um, my parents, they struggled when I was growing up as well. We moved, uh-huh. uh, I was born in Danville, Illinois, moved to Chicago. I don't know how old I was. We moved to Ohio when I was about three or four, because my dad was on the run. He used to sell drugs. And was uh, uh-huh. pretty big time from the way they be talking. So, uh, <laughs> and he was on the run for I don't know how many years. So, um, he could get jobs but he didn't want to work at like fast food restaurants nothing like that so he just avoided Uh everything altogether um so i didn't understand that like that wasn't right until like you said i was a little older and i started to be around kids uh, white kids specifically whose parents had Uh good jobs both their parents worked they had nice houses they had nice cars and i was like why you know is my life pretty much the opposite and I started to notice, right. okay, they look different than me. Um, and the people, you know, in my, I grew up in a in a predominantly white suburb. It's a lot different now. Um, I think it's like reverse gentrification in a sense. A lot of <laughs> black people have come out there, but I don't mind. It's my people. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I didn't know. I think I realized that when I was in college, maybe even older than that, my parents sugarcoated so much stuff and were like the best liars. Oh my gosh. I think I realized like that. I remember one time my dad, oh my God, God love him. He lied and said that 
that a car crashed into a light pole and that's why our uh, hot water wasn't working. So me being, I'm like a teenager though. So like I should have been able to sort through this shit, but that's my dad. So I'm like, um, all right, like whatever. So like I've experienced all that, like having to heat up water on the stove to just, you know, take a shot. Well, take a bath essentially. Um, you know, cable worrying about our light bills. My mom having to worry about she's, if she's going to get evicted, um, you know, maxing out on all kinds of credit cards and things like that. And when when you're growing up, you don't know. And I, you have to credit that to the parents, though, because there are kids who do know what they're going through. Um, uh-huh. And I met this kid on the train one day, and he was only 10 years old. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if his dad was on something or if he was just really tired, and that was, like, the only time he could really sleep was during, during the day on the train. Um with his son and the boy he was 10 years old really really nice boy he was uh his name is david and it it just like broke my heart to see the situation they were in and um he he ended up giving a pair of shoes to this other kid um that he saw get on the train and just like his spirit and everything really like it it I want to move from Chicago, but it made me want to stay here because I see the problem. And I, I, I never saw homelessness in Ohio. And if I did see it, it was just, it was like one or two people. You, just, I thought they were just drug addicts. My parents told me to stay away from them, whatever. I ain't pay them no attention. But coming here where it's like I'm walking past them, like I'm walking past the average Joe, it's and it's mostly black people, it's a big problem. Um so with you having experienced that, because I don't want to get too deep on it with my personal feelings, so I can talk about that all day long. With you having actually experienced that, especially being a black person, being a black man, what are your feelings toward child homelessness and hunger not really being an important uh, political or government issue, them not making it as big of a deal as it is? Oh, well, <clears throat> that's one of my uh, personal goals, you know, yeah. as far as um, I want to make money and things of that nature, but that's so I can give back um, to my community and people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually partnered with, uh, it's called Weekend Backpacking. Mm-hmm. It's a nonprofit in Baltimore, and they basically are feeding homeless um, children. Mm. And so I give a percentage of of each of my um, earnings to them. Nice. That's beautiful. It's it's not, yeah, it's not huge right now because um, obviously, you know, the bigger I get, the bigger, the more I can give back. But it's just just a little something because it's something that I really want to do and I think it's really important. And, uh, And you're saying that you're living in Chicago and it's, Baltimore would be like a mini Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, per se. It's not as big as Chicago, but uh, we have the same issues. Mm-hmm. And I think it, um, it needs to be resolved. And it, it's often overlooked. Mm-hmm. And you can be talking to a young kid and he could be homeless or going through things. And you will probably never really know unless he tells you. Mm-hmm. That is All so right. true. That is so true. And like you said, it looked like, I'm not sure... Um, their complete entire situation but he if you just saw him 
on his own at the park or something, you wouldn't think he was homeless. Uh, I only knew because of his dad and they had all their stuff with them. Um, And then he ended up, this was my point I was trying to make, he was walking up and down the train cart asking for money. So he knows the situation that he's in. He he's gonna grow up and know that. Whereas you and I, I'm sure your parents probably they did their absolute best to make sure that you guys were taken care of, and didn't really know um, because they know what that can do to a kid. But they did their best, and I had to forgive my parents because I was really mad at my parents for a long time. Um, but I'm also very spoiled, so I think it was more so I just didn't have like the Hollywood childhood I always dreamt of. I was just pissed about that, but I love my parents and they did their absolute best and I know I wouldn't be me without them, uh, good or bad, but, um, I definitely, I agree with you. That's something that, uh, I definitely want to get involved in and start to document and show people what's going on. And I can remember, um, uh, maybe a year or two ago, this woman who's a teacher out in Baltimore, she was posting on Instagram how like her school, her classrooms didn't have um they didn't have books like they didn't have any books and if they did have them they were really old from like the 70s and 80s 90s falling apart um pages missing all of that so like she had to get on there and start a GoFundMe and then also ask people could they just send books like she was like if you don't want to send money like I could care less just send books um so it was that's amazing to me, but it also made sense because I had a teammate who was from Southeast DC, which isn't too too far from Baltimore, um, and she really struggled in school. She couldn't write a paper. Um, she had to have extra, you know, tutoring time and things like that. Whereas, like me and a couple other girls who went to private schools or just really good public schools, like I'm like, man, I did this in ninth grade. Like, this is easy. College was really easy um, because I was privileged to go to a private school. Um, and I can I can also remember it. Uh, and I didn't know then, but I always always reflect on this moment when I talk about knowing when people ask me when did I know like my family was broke, or even when I just think about it was when I was going to that private school, which it was, I don't even know why they sent me a sock. They just loved me so much. Um, it cost $7,000 a year, and every year the price would increase. And now it's like, I want to say a good 10 racks, if not more than that. Um, so my brother, he was really young at the time, so he had whatever little baby toddler food he had. I was eating steak, macaroni and cheese, and broccoli, and both of my parents were eating bologna sandwiches um, and chips and drinking water. And I was like, wow, like thinking about it, I was like, man, like that is some real parent shit. Like good parents, though, because not everybody is like that. And I also see that here being in the city uh, because and I was also very fortunate to be able to go away after college, because if I had have went back home, I would have seen way too much and probably not be here. Um, I wasn't ready for that yet. Whereas now I see things and my immediate reaction is that's a problem. How am I going to help fix this issue? Um, and I see a lot of young mothers. I see a lot of mothers that are even older than me, but don't take care of their kids. And as a woman, I can, I mean, I know some people don't want kids, uh, and that's okay. But if you have them, at least take care of them. Uh, and it's sad I don't hold men to the same standards, but my expectations are unfortunately a little lower for men, but, uh, just, and also just being a woman, like I said, I couldn't imagine bringing a kid in this world, 
um, intentionally or unintentionally and not taking care of them. Um, right. Yet, there's also PTSD, which is a whole other topic we won't get into today. So I can understand <laughs> it from that point of view also, but that's another uh, podcast episode right there. Uh, so after experiencing all of these things during your childhood, you still went on to play D1 at Marist. You're now a professional player a business owner and you have goals of service based off of your past experiences for someone like David, who I just told you about, who's going through the same thing. Can you please tell him and other people, how did, how did, and do you still stay focused? Um, just basically there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, it's it's all, um, you know, nothing lasts forever goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So, if you're struggling now, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, like keep pushing, you know, things. My mother always say that things happen on God's time and not mm -hmm. your time. So, you know, it might seem like forever to you, but, you know, to God or to um, to God or just keep your faith that it's not going to last forever. Like it's mm -hmm. going to come to an end. You just got to stay focused, like stay, stay trucking. You know, if you if you have your goals, um, write them down and really stick to it. Um, I used to have like a little vision board, and I always look at it and see how close I am to reaching them goals. Yes. You know, even if I'm not close, you know, I just try to make steps or strides every day to to um, to making it. Oh, and okay. I would say, yeah, and I would say start as soon as possible because. Um, when you get older, you're going to wish you had started when you were younger. So. Yeah, that is very true. Very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. Um, man, I, I love that and thank you for that. Um, there definitely is a light at the end of the tunnel. And one thing that's helped me is learning to fall in love with the process and yeah. challenging myself yeah. to get better. So I had to tap back into like, um, who was Samari, the basketball player? I was number 23. I loved MJ. I loved Kobe. Loved all of them. So, like, why Why did I love them? What about them did I try to... What characteristics that they had did I try to have myself? And uh, just kind of tap back into that. Figure out what motivates me, what I love. And that really, honestly, even though I'm not playing basketball anymore or I don't work out nearly as much as I need to, um, I was still able to like get that mentality going from my podcast and other things I want to do. And now I can't stop working. It feels like when I was a kid again playing basketball. So like I said, just connecting all of those things um, and just, just challenging yourself to grow and understand that, like you said, everything is on God's time. So if you really truly know God and understand God and have faith, genuine faith, then you'll know he's not going to give you anything that is from him until you're ready. So I always am just thankful, like, okay, well, I must not be ready for it, yet I'm going to F it up and fumble it somehow, so let me just work, you know, keep working. What do I need to do? How am I feeling right now? You know, like, let me just tune back in and be patient. So it's really hard, and it has taken, again, 27 years and a couple of years of, like, some intentional, really, really hard, deep self-work but there is always a light at the end of the tunnel because I can remember uh, a little over a year ago today and then about two years ago, three years ago now, uh, were the two times where I was like completely done with life and um, had to be saved pretty much from killing myself. Um, so if I, I just know if I can make it through that deep, dark, 
whole in my mind and my my spirit, my body even, then anybody can make it through what they're going through. And most of it is mental. Um, Because what goes on around us is going to affect us regardless. We can't control that, but we can choose how we respond to it and how we allow it to shape us. Um, and, And we all fall and have mistakes and stuff, but as long as you choose to keep going like you are, like I am, um, then then you'll make it, man. So I, thank you for sharing that with us. Exactly. Thank uh, you. For sure. Uh, do you believe if you had less distractions, a more stable childhood, that your career would have turned out differently? Because you mentioned, like, being hungry. Sometimes you guys didn't know where you were going to sleep. It was your parents, you, and your brothers. Do you think that if things were a little different that maybe your career would have been different? Um, I don't know. That's that's tough. Um, Because I always think of myself as needing what I've been through to get to where I'm at. Amen. So just me thinking about not struggling at all. I have like I can't even think about that because all all I know is really the struggle. For real. For it's, real. it's sad, sad <laughs> to say, but I mean, to be honest, that's all I really know. Like, For I don't real. really know how to, what it's like to walk out the house and then hop in the bins and go to the, you know what go I'm wherever. Saying? But <laughs> not have to worry but about nothing. Not worrying about nothing, like no, not your next meal or, or like I don't know, whatever you needed, just go to the store, or ask mom and dad, and they get it for you. For like, real. Uh, Mama gonna ask me, do you got that money? No, your your money, my money. What you mean? (laughs) Man, I definitely feel that. That's what I keep saying. Like I already know when God dropped this major blessing on me, I'm gonna be like, uh, no, I think you got the wrong person. You delivered this blessing to the wrong apartment, boy. I don't know what this is, but man, for real, like, like you said, all we know is struggle. Yet when you think about it, even when we are financially wealthy and abundant, our skin color is always going to be black. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I'm gay. So I'm always going to have them two things. So it's always going to be some... And I'm a woman. So I'm going to always have those three struggles in a sense. Yet, right. I don't choose them, uh, choose to look at them as struggles anymore because especially nowadays, like the world needs somebody like me especially being all three and being so confident and so like uh vocal because a lot of women aren't very vocal or very strong Mm -hmm. at least confident um and i don't care my mom and daddy raised a gangster so uh, (laughs) so like inspiration to a lot of people thank you man thank you so i'm trying i'm trying to look at it as that and empower other people like it's like you said it's less about me and more about what is what change did i make that's still going to be here when I'm gone because I want to raise people up because I'm already 27. So life expectancy, I only got about 60, 70 more years left. So there's going to have to be some people after me to keep this going. So what can I do, um, you know, to raise people up and, and help them be leaders for every single thing I just named. So being black, whether male or female, being gay and being a woman. So LGBTQ plus, um, and that's just the way that everything is going right now. I'm also, I consider myself a Christian. And I know that um, in any Christian community, but specifically the black Christian community, being gay is not okay. So how can I connect and get those two communities to 
be open to each other and connect. So I'm I'm just trying mm-hmm. to dedicate my life to things much bigger than me because I am only a very small part of what's going on. It's seven billion more me's out here. So yet I'm the only Samari Walker um, and the only one that can do what God sent me here to do. Um, but yeah, let me see. I know I got some more questions for you. Okay. What's life been like for your family since you started your collegiate and professional career? Um, I think life has been um, a lot better than the past. Okay. You know, uh, with college, I was able to help them out. Um, I think me being out of the house um, may have helped them a little bit. You know, there's one less mouth to feed. Yes. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and um, I don't know, I'm just a real homebody, meaning like I, uh, I'm i really, really close to my parents, you know, uh, a lot closer than uh, many other people my age, at mm-hmm. least. Um, but uh, me being pro, I was able to send money back home, you know, being able to help them out like they helped me out mm-hmm. when I was younger. So, um I would say things are a lot better financially, but there's still, you know, a long way to go. Exactly. As far as uh, financially. And uh, I'm glad my family is healthy. You know, we're not dealing with any health issues. Mm -hmm. That's that's a huge part. Um, You know, being having having your health is very very important because that's something that you know money can't really fix. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You can try, but it don't really fix it. Um, And I also wanted to say, too, speaking of money and finances, you are doing a lot by donating and sending a percentage percentage of every earning um, that you get a month. I'm assuming it comes per month over there. So don't ever, like, limit yourself for what you're doing because I think even having the intention or making it a goal, if you weren't able to do it just yet is more than enough because it really is the thought that counts. And like I said before, when you have a goal intention or like you want to understand the why, when you seek something and you want to do something, you keep thinking about it, eventually it's going to happen. So you have already started. You want it to be bigger. I can tell you're passionate about it and this is what you want to do. So eventually it is going to be bigger. Just don't ever undermine what you're already doing because you don't have to do it. And like you said, you already don't have a lot and you still choose to give back. So even if one month you can't do it, all you can do is pray for them, then just do that. It's okay because at least you're doing something and you're being thoughtful about it. And you're, you're, you connected your past, your past and present experiences to be able to find your purpose and your passion. So you already miles it. How old are you? You probably my age. I'm 23. Oh, you boy, you man. Yeah. You light years ahead <laughs> of so many people my age, older, younger. So um, people are definitely going to benefit from hearing this, hearing you speak. You're so young and already uh, definitely you can tell your experience has shaped and changed you before the better. You learn from it which that's all you can really ask for. So just keep going, man. You are so young. When I was 23, you don't even want to know what I was doing at 23, <laughs> what I was thinking, what I had planned. Lord have mercy. I don't even want to reflect on that. Man. You were overseas at the time, right? Yep, I was in Sweden. I was in Sweden, yes. How was Sweden? 
Sweden's dope, man. It's just cold. I love Sweden, though. I met some of, like, my favorite people. Um, They're so kind, so nice. Everybody's so friendly, um, very joyful. Uh, The food is awesome. It's a lot. Where I was at, it was on, like, a little island, so it really wasn't too much to do. But they always made Uh stuff to do, which I liked. Um, They love to spend time together Uh and things like that. So it's uh, there's a lot of different people there, um, not just Swedes. So it's pretty awesome to meet all kinds of people. Um, the drinks are good. They love to drink and party if you like that. So um, I can't go back over there now just to settle down. That's about it. But I would if it wasn't so cold, I would live there because just the way of life, it's so relaxed yet they all work really really hard and are very very kind people so i would that would be one place like i would live for a year or two if i were able to for sure i love it that much dang yeah that's dope i was looking for a place to play yeah for sure man beautiful sunsets too water um depending on where you're at the ocean is right there so um Also, depending on where you are, Finland is right there and some other... I mean, I got to go look, look at a map now. Uh, some other countries, I know all of this. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you, where were you playing at? In Iceland? No, um, I was playing professionally in Armenia. Armenia? Okay, yeah, the article like, said you were thinking about Iceland. Iceland, yeah, um, other places. I yeah, would okay. like to uh, play play in Iceland uh, next season. That would be okay. ideal. Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend's in Iceland. She plays pro in Iceland. Nice, so. nice. Yeah. Um, I have a buddy who played there. I want to say he's in France now. Um, so I have to see if I can connect you to him. Maybe he has a coach or agent or somebody that you can reach out to to try to get you there or something. Yeah, for sure. That'd yeah, be dope. I got you. I definitely got you. So what's, aside from Iceland, what's next for Isaiah? Um, What's next? Um, uh, Definitely getting another basketball contract uh, for next season. Um, expanding Lolam, either getting my, uh, getting more products and being able to do more with it. Uh, I want to get an online course. I'm actually in the process of working on that. So nice. everyone that's looking for an online instructor or online course that you can do at home, uh, I'll be making one soon. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at, at fitlikelamb. It'll keep you updated with the process of the online course. And as well as my YouTube channel, um, coming out with a video weekly. I have two channels. One is at the lamb show. At, if you want to see how it is, the life of a pro basketball player overseas, I documented all of that, including my travel from Asia to the States during the coronavirus outbreak. Oh, <laughs> crazy, that's crazy, wild. crazy times. Yeah. <laughs> and as well as my uh, fitness uh, YouTube channel at Fit Like Lamb. Okay. So, um, I'm just continue working on those those three revenues and um, keep expanding. Nice, I love that man. And stay young. That's all you need to worry about doing right now. You're only 23, so <laughs> for sure. But that's good that you already know and you have it planned out. So everything you just said, as long as you believe and have faith, um, you believe in God. So you already know it's going to happen if it's meant to happen, like you said before. 
All these right. last, I got these hot seat questions for you. You ready? These are the last ones. All right, I'm ready. All Let's right. go. Your favorite hobby that's not basketball or fitness? Roller skating. Easy. Hmm. Inter- I cannot I roller skate. Right. Man. <laughs> I used to be able to roller blade. I don't think I can do that. I'm not uh, even going to okay. try. No. I want to skateboard, though. I've really been wanting to skateboard lately, so I might go buy one. My might as well. I can skateboard in the house. I can practice in the house. I'm going to come out like Tony Hawk, boy, when coronavirus over uh-huh. with. <laughs> uh, what's some words of genuine encouragement for young people growing up in similar or worse conditions as you did? Uh, I repeat, I repeat it again, like yep. I said previously, nothing lasts forever. Yep. Man, simple as that. If you're struggling, it's going to end soon. Amen. You know, if you think you're on your high horse and everything is so perfect, might want to check yourself. Because, yep. you know, it's, <laughs> something, something might happen and yep. just make sure you're able to bounce back. Yep. Like you said, it go both ways. Nothing lasts forever, good or bad. Yeah. What legacy do you hope to leave? Uh, a legacy of uh, being resilient, being able to bounce back, and a legacy of you know giving, inspiring others, giving people hope, and uh, telling people to never give up. Basically, I love that. Last one. What have you had to overcome to get here? Um, when I had to overcome, uh, a lot of things, (laughs) but, uh, in particular, I'll just say my injury. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people don't recover after two ACL injuries, um, both mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm proud. I'm proud of that. Exactly. And you were still able to go play college basketball and now pro. So that is amazing. All right. Um, and the beautiful thing is I think a lot of people get heartbroken, especially in high school, when they had their heart set on going to a certain school and now they're not able to. So they don't work as hard or they just think, okay, well, it's not the opportunity I wanted, so whatever. But I'm glad that, like you said, right. resilience um, and just keep moving I'll, forward. So, yeah. All right. Also, that that was that that was the first time I noticed that college is a business because yes. they dropped me so fast, <laughs> like yes. so fast. It, it was kind of unbelievable. It, that kind of added to the depression. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, like coaches were so buddy buddy, you know, come for a visit, you know, unofficial, official. And now it's just like never heard from any of them. <laughs> for real, they switch up so. Quick, man, it's crazy. Them, the people around you change. Um, yeah. Man, we might do a part two <laughs> interview for that one because that's a, that's definitely a whole podcast episode right there, man. I'm gonna write that down. We're gonna do that part two. Uh, but yeah, Isaiah, man, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate you. Like I said, just taking the time with me um, during this quarantine. You could be doing anything else besides being on the phone with me. So thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. Um, I know for people who look like us, it's not always, you know, easy, and we aren't taught to do that. So thank you for doing that, um, and hopefully make it making it easier for athletes and people that look like us to open up and share their stories as well. 
Yeah, thanks. And thanks to you. I really appreciate you having me. And uh, it was a really good talk, you know. And I think this is a good networking opportunity for us both, you know, by us both, you know, having so much in common. So we can, I don't know, link up in the future, help each other out one time. for listening and i hope you enjoyed today's episode of speak your truth podcast the only podcast dissecting the intersection of mental health and sports i would really appreciate it if you would take the time to rate review and subscribe to speak your truth if you would like to give me any feedback ask me any questions or anything else you can find my email on my instagram page at speak your truth underscore podcast thank you Speak Your Truth is meant to be educational only.